When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And my name is Ben Bullen. I write some videos, uh, hang out with Scott and uh, our listeners. And you do cool stuff. I do. I, you know what? I have done a couple of I have done a couple of cool things in my time. Yes, you have. As of you, look uh, at look few. at you, right? A few. Globetrotter. Every yeah. time we're not I've in got the, the... Get the scars to prove it. <clears throat> yes. Mental as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every time uh, we're not actually recording, I just assume that you are off on another amazing adventure. That's right. In my Evil Knievel, uh, what do you call that, jumpsuit? Um, I would call it your Evil Knievel jumpsuit, yeah. probably. I'm yeah. not very creative. Uh, me either. Yeah. Me either. I, I don't know. I am, uh, I've been thinking about tanks recently. Oh, have you? Yeah, because we get a lot of requests for military uh, topics, right? We do military and, races. That yeah. Kind of oh yeah, yeah. Mil- a lot of military uh, vehicle requests. So um, we thought we'd uh, we'd maybe talk about tanks, and I've been thinking about uh, doing an entire episode about tanks. So here we go. Yeah, and, and uh, do what? we get? Let's let's ask our uh, producers if we can get some here we go music. Right, and we're off with the uh, official "Here We Go" music. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. So, Ben, you you probably know a lot more about tanks than I do. I have, well, you know, I'm a military brat. So, growing up, I was it was part of our summer to go to the yards on the bases where they have old tanks, and mm-hmm. you know, you can't fire them. They've stopped up. <laughs> they've stopped up the guns. Oh, that's if, too bad. If you're wondering, that's well, you know, in retrospect, it may have been the right choice. Probably. For them. Uh, I, so growing up, I, I saw a lot of tanks and what always mystified me about tanks, Scott, is even as a kid, I thought, why on earth would you want to take this thing into a battle? Because they're so slow. So cumbersome, just huge, big target, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess there's a there's a long, long history to tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes way back, farther than you might think, um, as usually is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, want to tell me? You want me to tell yeah. You well, actually, it goes back to one of our old friends who you may recognize. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, you do it. You oh, do no, it. no, no, no. I, last uh, time I mentioned him. No, 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 no. Go ahead. 
All Please, right. Einstein? Leonardo da Vinci. Of course. Of, of course. course. Yeah, of course. And he didn't, I don't think he actually built his tank. Nope. Sketched again. Sketched again. But, uh, initial idea was Leonardo da Vinci. Once again. Amazing, isn't it? Hundreds of years. Was this guy a time traveler? I, I don't was know. Was he secretly a time traveler? I don't know. He just had some really great ideas. Well, let's, let's, uh, we had to drop a mention of our good buddy Leo there, but let's, let's go past the beginning. Like we're fast forwarding through the movie of tank evolution. Uh huh. Um, I'd like to take it to World War II. Do you have any pre, pre-World oh. War? You want well, to talk I got about? way pre to yeah, World yeah. War II. Yeah. 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 Something called a caterpillar tank was uh. developed in 1770. Ah, yes, the Caterpillar. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, 1770. And this is uh, Richard Edgeworth, mm-hmm. uh, who used it in the Crimean War, which is a steam-powered vehicle uh, used to just kind of maneuver, um, you know, whatever they needed into the battlefield. Yeah. This is extremely primitive use of, of um, you know, a tank-like device. It's not really what we think of as a tank. It's more like an armored vehicle. Uh, yeah, kind of. Again, steam-powered. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't. It wasn't at all what you would think of as a modern tank, really. Ah, yes. Okay, you yes. know, it's not a it's not a driving shooting type thing. It was a, more of a a carrier, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, once you move up into you know the the and really it didn't really much go too far from there. Yeah. You know, beyond that point, um, until about 1914. You know, why 1914 significant? Why is 1914 significant? <laughs> Beginning of World War One. Ah, yes. Now that's when people started thinking, like, you know, how am I going to uh, am I going to breach this uh, this front? Because mm-hmm. um, that's trench be- warfare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how am I going to get past this trench? I mean, it was they had these strongholds all over the place, and it's like, well, how are we going to how are we going to defeat this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a couple of guys, and I'm going to uh, shuffle my notes as I promised I would. Um, <laughs> a British Army Colonel named Ernest Swinton and yes. William Hankey. Howdy ho. <laughs> Uh, Secretary <laughs> of the Committee for Imperial Defense, uh, through, that was a terrible Mr. Hanky impression. Do you want to, do you want to redo? I don't know. Okay. Well, no, no, I'll, I'll hit it later. We'll but, fix um, it in post. Yeah, that was bad. I Have thought that was better. not, I thought it was it. Howdy ho! There we go. That's it. Okay, That's we'll, the one. we'll stick with that one. <laughs> we'll stick with that one. So, anyways, they, they, uh, according to this article, they, they came up with the idea of an armored vehicle with these conveyor-like you know, mm-hmm. tracks, these belts. Yeah. Uh, that would be able to break through enemy lines and go over all kinds of different terrain and, you know, be able to, most importantly, cross these trenches mm-hmm. because they couldn't get past that point. You know, there's just no beating that. They don't know how many people are in there, what they're up against. Right. This allows them to drive right to and over these trenches and, uh, and then create an opening to, uh, to, you know, send their own infantry in and, ex- and expose the weakness there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, um, the they they brought their idea to the British Navy minister of all people, uh-huh. who was Winston Churchill. So Winston Churchill's involved in the development of the uh, the first tank, really. Now Winston Churchill is uh, a European that some of you may recognize, maybe, possibly. Yeah, I would ho- I would hope so. <laughs> would so, anyways, so at too. the time he's serving as the uh, British Navy minister. Yeah, and um, the idea was that they they took it to him in the, in the idea that it's a land boat is what mm-hmm. they called it because mm-hmm. it was an armored vehicle. You know, they had armored boats at the time. There, uh, this is an armored vehicle that could do the same thing. You know, that would just basically barge its way through the line and then create an opening. Um, so they went to him, and, of course, they began production on this. Or not production, but really development of a concept. Right, R&D. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, that led to a 1915 prototank type, uh, prototy- prototype tank, that's tough, Yeah. Uh, which they called Little Willie, uh, which came off an assembly line in England. And um, it weighed 14 tons. 
Mm-hmm. wasn't very yeah, wasn't very efficient at all. Um, it was uh, it was really slow. I think it had a top speed of two miles per hour. I've written down somewhere here. Mm-hmm. Um, Fourteen tons. It was slow. It overheated, um, and it actually got trapped in the trenches. It was just a little too small. Ouch! Uh, so it would go into the trench and not come back out. So um, we're halfway there. Yeah, they're halfway there. But um, what that did was that gave them a starting point, mm-hmm. and they created something that they called Big Willie in 1916, mm-hmm. of course. And Big Willie was able to cross the trenches, and uh, it was a little bit more reliable, not much mm-hmm. bigger engine. You know, it was just a little bit faster. I think it had a top speed of four miles per hour, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that, that's where it began and developed in World War One, really. And you know, the French were involved in this. Mm-hmm. The uh, they they built a lot of tanks. Uh, the British, of course, built a lot of tanks. Germans, they were surprised by it during the war, but they, sure. but they, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't buy into the idea of the tanks. So not yet. They built what twenty of them, I think, is what they said. Not very many. By nineteen eighteen, mm-hmm. and uh, the U.S. was similar. Um, I think, I've, boy, shoot, I've got numbers here somewhere. But um, yeah, they said that. Uh, <laughs> I think the U.S. had only built, you know, at this point, because they just really heard of it, and they they built something like 86 or something like that. It was in the 80s. Um, <laughs> low, low numbers, relatively. Yeah. But the Germans, they just weren't buying it at the time. And, you know, later it became very important to them. Right. And how wrong those Germans were in the uh, in the offset of World War One to sort of dismiss the tank, because uh, the Willie series, we first see that deployed by the British in the Battle of Somme, I believe. S O M M E. Oh, you got me. I was trying to avoid all battle names. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So from now on, we avoid all battle. Yeah, because names. they're French, and I just can't do it. So we're so close to the birth, though, of what of the modern tank, right? And this is the part that all. This is my favorite part of the story because you know I love a good a good word pun mm-hmm. etymology thing. Of Scott. course. So during while they were building these things during the construction of them and the shipping, they couldn't give away that these were weapons, um, especially when it got <laughs> to, I believe, the uh, Middle Eastern, yeah. North African parts of it. Yeah. So the way they would ship them, they would call them water tanks or like tanks like they were not. They, they obviously were enormous yeah. crates, no matter how you do it. And yeah. they're heavy at yeah. this point. So. They have to come up with something that is not, you know, rolling, something rolling, believable. Yeah, it can't be like rolling death sails or, <laughs> or something, you know. <laughs> so wait, they're they're fooling the people that are shipping these things, Supp- supposedly, by calling them tanks, yeah. and uh, and they buy it because a tank had no other meaning at that point than a than a vessel. Well, yeah, that's a little to me that that's a little convenient, hmm. you know. That yeah. might be. I I don't I don't know how entirely true that is because it is it does kind of beg beggar belief for someone to uh constantly be shipping these things mm-hmm. and not check the box yeah i guess so but you know we we send mail and stuff. <laughs> oh it's time. for water huh well what's the gun for oh shush, shush, shush. the giant gun it's a water gun yeah, <laughs> it's for sure. a giant water gun sure yeah okay so that is kind of the birth of the modern tank but let's let's step back for a second and talk about what tanks are so a tank is – it's like an armored vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between a Hummer and uh, – between actually um, – yeah, what's the difference between a Hummer and a tank? Well, the difference is obviously noticeable. Uh, tanks are on treads, mm-hmm. much slower, but also uh, they're able to navigate a lot of different types of terrain that would be more difficult for a, for a Hummer um, or another – faster wheeled armored vehicle they're also designed for the front of combat so with a 
with a Hummer or some other faster armored vehicles, um, they're much more adaptive. Uh, is adaptive the right word? Yeah, flexible. So. Sure, flexible is better. Okay, flexible is better. But um, tanks are supposed to be up there in the front, blowing things out of the mm-hmm. proverbial dirt. Um, now, uh, now Scott and I, you and I, you and I have talked about this before about tanks. I love them. I love reading about them. I would never want to be in one during a battle. No. And I think I'm starting to re rethink that conclusion because the more I read about modern tanks, the more I'm learning that it is not that not quite the death trap I thought it was. Um, Why so, so? Here we go, and I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. We'll get to that at yep. the end. Um, so people will argue about what makes a tank effective. Um, Tanks try to do three things, and they're three contradictory things. So a tank can never do all of them perfectly. Hmm. A tank wants to have firepower bigger than you could carry on another device or a soldier. A tank wants to be able to protect uh, people and, you know, its perimeter better than a soldier could or perhaps other vehicles. A tank also wants to be mobile and be able to move this awesome force projection and force of protection somewhere else. A problem with firepower, protection, and mobility, or if you think about it, guns, armor, and movement, is that those three things, past a certain point, kind of start screwing with each other. Mm -hmm. Lots of weight, right? Yes, sir. If I could be candid, uh, we talk about weight a lot on this show because it's so important to the effectiveness of a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about Little Willie and Big Willie and their their massive tonnage, we can already see the problems that come that come into play when you try to take a thing like that and make it mobile. Um, let's see. We've got so when we design tanks, even now when we design tanks, we think about these three values and we think about how we can best get these together. And this part might this part surprised me. When people are building tanks now, when companies and armies build tanks now. What determines the tank that they go with mm-hmm. or the design they go with is more often than not the affordability of the design. Oh, no. Yeah, because and we see this in um, World War II, I think. A lot of the vehicles uh, – let's see. Here's, here's a good example. Okay. Uh, a lot of the vehicles designed by the Allied forces were simple designs. And you could compromise them. You could cut some corners. Not that I'm saying the fighting forces do that, but mm-hmm. – they did in this point, and they actually outmaneuvered and outnumbered the German tanks at the time because this is in World War II. You guys, Germany got on the tank, the tank wagon. Ah, so they made more than twenty in World War II. Then yes, okay, <laughs> but they were harder to build because they were more expensive. They were very, they were well designed. They were better built, right? But they were, you know, but if you are. Um, if you're trying to fight another group that has a bunch of less well-designed but infinitely cheaper to produce tanks, you're you're going to lose out. Hmm. And to a way, that's what happens. So now, now where are we with tanks? Here's where we are, Scott. Now in the modern age, we focus on how to improve a tank's performance by improving the way it integrates in the rest of the battlefield. And by improving the way, um, 
we we still haven't really cracked the riddle of how do you get the best firepower, mobility, and armor on So it's there. a balancing game between three separate uh, possibilities, I guess. Uh, yes. So yes. so what are the, they cut uh, armor thickness in in um, which is terrible, but they right. have to. You know, maybe better materials though. Maybe better lighter materials. There we go. And which increases mobility, but then maybe they don't have the firepower that they want because it's a lighter vehicle, and then it's uh, it's not able to. Uh, have the firepower that it normally right. would, because it would blow it right back mm-hmm. uh, or flip it over or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of thing you have to just one one of, well, half a dozen of one. Well, what a, what's that Six saying? in one hand, right? Yeah, there you go. That's what I Half a <laughs> dozen in the other? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's where, where can you, if you have to compromise with everything, then in which of those areas or yeah. in any can you win? Yeah, exactly. And you do it and you have to account for, of course, safety, major concern, of mm-hmm. course. I would hope number one concern. I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, the lowest bid comes into the factor, uh, into mm-hmm. the, into play in this whole thing. Yeah. But I, I know that's a reality. I know that that happens. Yeah, it's also, it's very time sensitive. Not to say civilian vehicles are not time sensitive. Yeah. But usually people won't die as a result. Yes, yes. And you need to stay one step ahead of the enemy with whatever technology they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes even more critical in this case. It always, I'm still thinking about that earlier podcast we did on the radar guns and radar gun detectors. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to point out what I think is a terrible flaw in all tanks. Oh, please do. Yeah, let's go ahead. And if you are a tank commander, if you work, um, one of our coworkers here actually uh, was on a tank crew in Iraq. I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, I, so I don't want to offend anybody. I think everybody's pretty oh. sure about this. Was it you? No, it was not me. <laughs> it was not me that I know of. I have had some crazy weekends, but okay. I think I would have remembered that one. All right. But uh, was it me? Um, no, it wasn't me. It was the guy who looks a lot like. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. But uh, yeah. So the problem is, of course, we didn't factor this in there. Um, you're never going to see a tank win a hypermiling contest. No. That's for sure. No. These puppies are thirsty. These well, engines are thirsty. Well, how thirsty? They're so thirsty that our current star tank in the U.S., the M1, which is probably my favorite tank, actually, uh, gets less than one mile to the gallon. Whoa. Really? Less than one mile. That's a pretty low range. That is, an, a, you know, that is incredibly low. Well... Okay, so that, Unbelievably. that that's severely hampers them in the ability to go across the line and come back, or out towards the line even and come back. They're uh, they're they're just uh, at a certain point they have to turn around no matter what right. in order to make it back, right? Right. I mean that's the case with any vehicle, of course, but sure. um, that's a really low low range. I mean, what do you have any idea how many gallons they carry or no? Um, I might have to take a paper shuffle for that's, that. That's that's okay. I actually, you know what, Scott. If you don't, if you don't know, that's fine. If it's if it's handy, that's fine too. But oh, um, okay. Here we go. I got you. Um, let's see. It has it holds the newest one at the. This is from our awesome article on it and how mm-hmm. stuff works. Uh, the newest one holds four hundred and ninety gallons. Okay, which means that the tank can move about a little over two hundred sixty miles without refueling. Okay, so it's a massive, okay, massive tank. Well, you know that's a decent range still. That, that's I was I was thinking we we're talking in the order of twenty miles each way or something. Oh goodness! No. no, I just had no idea that it had it had that much fuel. I mean, these things have fifteen hundred horsepower engines, right? Uh, I yeah. mean, they're they're yeah. massive, massive engines. So I can see why they're pretty thirsty. They also have a 
speed of uh, 30 miles an hour. 30 miles an hour. They can go 30 miles an hour. Really? Yes. Which is, just so you know, for the average tank, that is the, that is superhuman. So no kidding. That's like a, that's like a, uh, a top speed run there at 30 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's impressive, right? That's, I mean, yeah, that's Okay. Impressive. Well, what about, now I've got a question for you and you may or may not know this too. All right. Is it true? Is the M1 Abrams the one that, um, is able to, the first one that's able to drive and shoot at the same time? Because I thought there was something at one point in history where they said that you have to stop in order to shoot and then, and then you're able to move. You know, I've heard that. I don't know if the M1 is the first one. Well, you know is that what? what you heard? Perfect opportunity for a listener to write in and tell us if that's true. Because oh yeah, um, guys, write in. Because I, I thought I had heard this about the M1 Abrams is that it was the first one to be able to do that. There may have been one in mm-hmm. the past, you know, and, and you know some other make and model, mm-hmm. um, but I really thought that was one of the ones. Um, you know what my dad had this weekend? Okay. I, I, I saw my dad at a wedding. We were at a wedding. Yeah. Um, I was up in Michigan. And it's in, you know, kind of the area where, you know, there's general dynamics and there's mm-hmm. a tank, there's a tank plant there. He's done what? some, he's done some work, um, in there, you know, freelance work, mm-hmm. video writing, that type of thing, producing. And he pulls out this coin that is a, called a challenge coin, I think. And it has the M1 Abrams tank on it, right? Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of a challenge coin? No. If you're a member of a group of any kind, now he's got one from several different groups, and this is common, I guess. I didn't know this. Okay. He's done work on a lot of different uh, interesting places, but one was uh, on like an icebreaker up on Lake Superior. Um, this one was for the M1 tank guys. He's done one for uh, you know some some other work for the military and other aspects. He's got a few of these things, but. You have a challenge coin, and it's a it's a relatively large size coin, like maybe bigger than a silver dollar or silver dollar size. Okay. And it's got it's embossed with a the um the picture of the M1 tank, and you know it says you know the the division and everything, and mm-hmm. you you know the armed forces type thing. If you are out to the bar with uh, with a group of guys from that that area, and they they call a challenge, everybody puts their coins out on the uh, on the table, and if you don't have yours, you're the one buying beer. I think really is that yeah. the whole purpose. That's of the it? whole purpose of it is that you, if you're not <laughs> carrying your challenge coin at any time, at all times, they can do that at any point and pull it, pull out the challenge coins. They just call a challenge, put them out, and anyone who does not have their challenge coin is the one who's uh, buying that night. Or even if they're out getting coffee, or it, at their yeah, exactly. Any I, that pertains to anything, I guess. And and a lot of different groups have this, but just this last weekend, this whole M1 thing came up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That is weird. Yeah, I've never heard of a challenge coin, so maybe we should have a How maybe, Stuff Works yeah, challenge coin. Maybe we should get... Man, I hate carrying change. Let's make it... <laughs> can we make it something different? Uh, this is one that you wouldn't spend, though, because it's so... It's different. It's like a, you know, like a copper tone or something to it. Yeah. It doesn't look anything like a coin. People wouldn't take it. Uh, no. But what if I was in a tank when I gave it to them and I leaned out mm. and tossed out the side? They mm. would take it if it was an M1... Because I would have a hundred and twenty millimeter uh, smoothbore cannon, which is actually made by a German company. Way to bring it back, Ben. Hey, <laughs> and it's a tanks for the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, let's see. If that didn't scare them, I would also have a um, I would also have two different rounds I could put in there: high explosive anti tank or heat rounds. I would also have uh, a sabot. I guess that's maybe. Does that come from sabotage? Think that's related? Maybe. I doubt it. I. That's too. You mean the Beastie Boys song? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Beastie Boys song. Okay. Yeah. Because I know I, this the, tank talk. You know, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the edge of it. I just I know the, very little. That's the other side of the coin. Is a picture of the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, 
Yeah, I guess we don't want to go too far down into the uh, the M1 tank because we do have an awesome article on this. Uh, so I'll leave the weapons for people to discover. We do need to talk about the people that are in a tank. Yes. Because just like modern tanks don't go by themselves into the field, you can't just hop in a tank and steal it. Not yet. Despite what Grant I don't mean stealing. I mean they don't not. go in alone. Yeah, you don't <laughs> go in alone. <laughs> not that you can steal. Hey, yeah. um, well, how many people – can a tank hold you? They look huge. Yeah, they change. Um, it depends on the model of the tank. For the M1, uh, we're talking four people. Four people. Okay, four so people. it's not really a, a, a transport system then, really. It's, no, a, it's uh, just to operate that tank, right? Yeah, there are armored transport carriers, but they're built in a very different way to move people, you know. Okay. This thing is to move force projection. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so who do you have? You have your driver who sits in the front section of the hull, and he's under the gun. Huh? Oh, huh? Yeah. Okay. So am I. <laughs> Sorry. And um I don't I really uh think that's the worst possible position because you're sitting back in one of these chairs that reclines, sort of like a um like a, a chair at a doctor's or a dentist office. Okay. And um you're Sounds in the right. front of the vehicle. I just I don't I I cannot see I can see how that could get very hectic very quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um but everybody else who works on the tank uh, co- reportedly says this is by far the best seat in the house. And then you've got the uh, – got to admit, dentist chairs are pretty pretty comfy. They are. Yeah. And the only thing comfortable about those places. And and the rest of the crew is on the inside of the tank's turret, uh, the turret basket, I guess. Okay. And uh, there's a person called the loader, Very and good. all they do is guess. Load shells? Load shells. Um, of course, there's a lot more that goes to that. We're not – we're not trying to say it's an easy job. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not. And then there's a gunner on the other side, and the gunner, you would imagine, handles the guns. Yeah. And then the commander uh, is on the right side. So the commander is a little bit different because he talks to he or she talks to every other tank commander, and that would be on the field. And again, there'll be more than one. And so they use this, um, they use their communication capabilities. To keep them from being the slow kids on the playground, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, if you just have one tank there now, uh, it'd be difficult to see how that would work. Uh, but I was surprised how effective they were. I'll be honest, I was wrong. Um, almost 2,000 M1s went to the Persian Gulf um, during Desert Storm, and all but 18 came back in working condition. No kidding. So, wow. So that I think a record like that speaks for itself. Sure, that's very that's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Now we've been asked uh, not to tell you in too much detail how to operate tanks. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. No one, no one asked. Yeah, sure. No. But uh, with the but things are looking good. Really, things are looking good for tanks because in the future um, we're going to see a lot more innovation there. You know. Maybe we'll have completely unmanned tanks, completely driverless. Like the drone planes at this point. Right, like the drone planes. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, like our buddy Josh Clark writes in uh, an article on our website, maybe we'll be able to coat the tank with a silicon that will make it invisible. Really? Like Predator style. Really? Yeah. In- invisible tanks. That's uh, That's what people are hoping. Crazy. They can do. Yeah. And that's that's a long time away. I called think. the chameleon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Well, you got to add some numbers and letters at the end to make oh, it yeah. official. Chameleon 43A6. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I got on all right, right cool. now. All right, cool. Very good. That's good to me. Yeah, I mean, I, that's far more than I knew. And uh, you had the history with them. I mean, you were able to climb around them and play on them. And the only place I ever really saw tanks were... Um, state fairs and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, where they have, uh, you know, National Guard demonstration type stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have much tank experience at all. But again, they're amazing machines. And you know what? We should put a, a call out if anybody else wants to hear more about military vehicles. We have a lot of military listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, if any of them have experience in a tank, I mean, I think that'd be great if we could hear from somebody who's, you know, been in that seat and, yeah, and can tell us what it's like or um you know somebody that uh, has been a commander of a tank or mm-hmm. you know a loader or a gunner just tell us what uh, what it's all about what it's like in that tank and and you know how how safe do you feel relatively you know compared to you know some of the, the ground soldiers or you know people driving the humvees mm-hmm. you know yeah. how uh, do you feel better or, or about the same by and, your chances and if uh let, let's go ahead and apologize in advance scott um, if we got anything wrong, please uh, do correct us. Oh yeah, on this. yeah, yeah, do correct us because you know that's the thing. These things are these things are advancing so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just conti- especially now. You know, like they say that um, you know during wartime or when all these advancements are made. Yes. Um, in military technology, just rapid fire. I mean, they're quick, quick, quick changes, and and they make them you know sometimes overnight. Um, there's a good chance that some of the information that we had is is outdated already, and you know even if we found something earlier this week, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good chance it's changed. So um, you know, let us know. Let us know always if there's a correction. Hey, check this out. We got uh, something new that I think you might be interested in because you're an iPhone guy, right? I am an iPhone guy. Right, we've got a brand new app. It's called the HowStuffWorks.com app. And uh, it does all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, you've learned about it too, right? Yeah, this is a way that you can carry around some of the coolest parts of our websites and our podcast in one handy device. You can use it in an iPhone. You can use it in an iPad. You can use it in an iPod Touch. And here's my favorite part. It's free. No kidding. Now, you can see you can get articles, videos, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you can listen to car stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can even check in on the blog and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter, too, right? Right. So that's our new How Stuff Works uh, app for iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch. Check it out, guys. Sounds cool. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.